You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I'll tell you right now, I'm doing a little bit of... uh, sideways glancing play-by-play as they try to produce a podcast while the Mets are still playing a ball game. It's a first for me. I'm in the bottom of the 16th inning, almost 2.30 in the morning. Figures about time I start recording Locked on Mets. So depending on when you went to bed last night, you don't know necessarily what's going on with this Mets game. Uh, It was a tie ball game going deep into the 16th inning. And in the top of that 16th inning, Pete Alonso finally broke a long scoring drought by hitting a home run, his 32nd of the season. But you know, before that, the Mets scored a run in the first inning, back when you thought that the uh, hitting thing wasn't going to be too big of a problem as Jeff McNeil led off the game with a double. Then J.D. Davis got a base hit to put runners at first and third. But when Pete Alonso hit into a double play, although it scored the first run of the game, it also completely shut off the Mets offense. You also got to remember, this is a Mets offense that scored, what was it, 12 runs the last three innings uh, yesterday. So they basically get goose egg the rest of the game. Uh, Madison Bumgarner pitches an absolute gem in what is likely uh, his last game pitching in AT&T Park in San Francisco there as he could be moved at the deadline. It's been expected all year that he would be moving, and I think it's pretty impressive for uh, Bumgarner to come in here and and really dominate in his last start there. Nine innings pitched, five hits, six strikeouts, one walk, and uh, away we went, you know. So to talk about this game a little more, there's been so much that has happened, so it's kind of hard. I'm trying to break it down. I'm still watching this game. As we speak here, as I'm watching right now, Brandon Crawford has a one and two count against him. And Chris Mazza, who came into this game in the 15th inning, just threw, I believe it was 34 pitches the night before, returns to you know the West Coast where he's from, pitching in this game here, trying to lock it down for the Mets. And it's getting a little dicey here. You got two and two count. It's crazy. I don't even know where to go with this podcast here, but... Anyway, let me talk a little bit about Noah Syndergaard as I continue to watch this game. So Noah Syndergaard was on the mound for the Mets. He pitched great, seven innings, six hits, uh, walked one, struck out eight. And, you know, the bullpen has obviously held up. I mean, the one run he gave up was all this Mets team has allowed coming into this 16th inning. Seth Lugo gave you an inning. Luis Avalon gave you an inning. Edwin Diaz an inning. Jerry's Familia inning. Robert Gazelman, two really gutsy innings. I mean, to kind of carry the bullpen a little bit in the middle there. And then uh, from there you had Justin Wilson gave you an inning, and now here we are with Chris Mazza. And so if you think if you bottle up all those scoreless innings and spread them out across uh, June there, the Mets would probably be in wildcard contention after all those blown games. But... Yeah, man, it's crazy. I really don't even know where to go with this podcast as I'm sitting through the longest game ever. (laughs) And maybe I'll have to pause it and come back when I know the final score here. But Chris Moss was really struggling with Brandon Crawford, full count. 
again, let, gave up a double to lead off this inning. So, uh, you know, while I'm sitting here watching, let's kind of get into what I was preparing for a second half topic to this podcast. And that was just to kind of once again, as we are, uh, you know, nearing contention, I would say for this Mets team where it feels like they're starting to sniff a little bit of this playoff race as they're only, you know, if they win this, they'll be four and a half out or five out still. Um, oh, that's a ball. It's hit into the corner. And it is a hit by Brandon Crawford. Run comes around to score. Oh, I might never go to sleep tonight. That is a 2-2 game. Chris Mazza has blown it. Uh, Mets bullpen unable to come through. So now there's a runner on second base, no outs, and the Giants may walk this thing off. Wow. You got to give Crawford credit. That was a heck of an at-bat. Stayed in it for a long time. Ball right down the pipe. Goes the opposite way with it. And it looks like the Mets might drop this one. So, anyway, back to what I was saying there. You know, this Mets team, you're talking about the wild card right now. And what we're watching right now is the reason why I still don't believe that you know this team is going to contend. I just can't, I can't wrap my mind around it. You know, there's and now he hits a batter. It, it's all falling apart, folks. It is all falling apart. Runners at first and second. Um, yeah, this is going to be convoluted trying to listen to this. I'm sorry about that. Anyway, like I was saying, you're seeing right now this team, I can't say that they're going to be contenders. Now, you know, we're trying to talk ourselves into this being a race that the Mets can be a part of and let's not sell. And I think you win four in a row and all of a sudden the way a baseball season goes, you feel the momentum on your side. You don't think you're ever going to lose. And you think you have a chance. And I think what you're seeing is it's hard to win games. And I think that, you know, the Mets can put their best foot forward every day. They can try to win as much as they can. But, you know, I just, when I look around baseball right now, and I just don't see a big level of separation between a lot of these teams in the National League. I think you're looking at a lot of teams that have good players and they have, you know, serious holes in their roster. And I guess it's just going to be, you know, a war of attrition. Who's ever, whoever can overcome their deficiencies the most is going to find themselves, you know, in the wild card and in the playoffs. And right now you're seeing the teams who are on top and the Washington Nationals, the Milwaukee Brewers. When I look at those teams, I see something a little bit special that puts them in those spots with the Nationals. You got Max Scherzer. I mean, he is probably heading towards another potential Cy Young you got you know, the MVP with the Brewers. So, you know, those two teams are going for it. And they're probably, they might even add a little bit, who knows, especially with the Brewers. And so, and there's the base hit, and that might be the game. Coming around third, no bases loaded. So, got bases loaded, no outs. And it looks like Maza, uh, you know, the Cinderella story is uh, you know, about to strike midnight here on Maza's season. It looks like. Uh, Giants are going to end up winning this game after all. So anyway, I'm going to go to break here, and then I'll come back with the final result, and then we'll, we'll finish off the rest of the podcast here. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving locked-on listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. Download the Postmates app and use the code Locked on to get that special offer. 
All right, you are back listening to Locked On Mets. I'm watching on now as the Giants have officially closed it out uh, so we can kind of talk a little more clear about what happened here as Donovan Solano gets a base hit with the bases loaded to give the Giants the 3-2 to two victory over New York. So, again, talking about the game in specifics, can you really get that upset about this one? Again, you take the positives. Your bullpen held on until the 16th inning. You had a guy out there that never really had any business being in the game as it was, who was really gassed, and you had no other options, you know, and that's just kind of uh, you know, the business of baseball when you get down to these extra inning games. And it's I don't really know what else you can say about it. I mean, the Mets' only alternative was to throw J.D. Davis out there, have him pitch, and then, I don't know, throw Chris Mazza in right field. I mean... Didn't really have any great options. And so while it might feel massive in the moment, and it's one game out of 162, you have three more games in this series. Uh, you know, the Mets can certainly get back into to the series and, and win this series um, and kind of change your opinions by the time we get to you know Monday. But again, the point still stands. When I look at this wild card race and I look at the National League and the playoffs in general, it's clear to me that you have, especially in the National League, you basically have the Dodgers, the Braves, and then you have everyone else. Okay? Those are the two teams right now that I look at and I say they have a real legitimate chance to go through the battles of the playoffs and come out the other side as World Series champions, especially with the great teams that we have over in the American League. So, you know, can the Mets potentially win a wild card? Yes. It's not completely out of the cards yet, obviously. And I think you, you can say the same thing that you've really been able to say since the World Series in 2015. When the Mets pitching clicks, they can be great and they, they can go on a run. Okay, and then you put yourself in a wild card game with Jacob deGrom, and unless you're playing the Nationals and he's going against Scherzer, I like the Mets' chances in any one-game playoff situation you know, you have DeGrom and you have like a big bat like Pete Alonso that can hit a home run and change the course of any game. Obviously, that is on the table. But let's be realistic and note all the teams in between the Mets and a wild card spot. Think about everything that has to happen throughout the rest of this year for the Mets to actually make it work. And again, it could all happen and maybe everything clicks. You never know, okay? At the same time, here's what would have to happen. Robinson Cano would have to actually be at least a replacement-level major league player. He's got to stop you know, being a big hole in the middle of your lineup who's really dragging the team down in more ways than just his production because of the contract and everything else that's tied to him. You would need the bullpen to click, and maybe they're starting to. We're starting to see some better performances. We're seeing guys like Justin Wilson – you know, maybe prove that they might be a big piece for you. Uh, Jerry's Familia has strung together a couple, you know, scoreless outings in a row, so maybe he starts to turn a corner, Edwin Diaz. And, and so you have the talent that maybe the bullpen figures out. You have the starting rotation that, you know, could put together a full run through and everyone could, you know, give you a, a great outing. But that's so many ifs, ands, and buts. And I just don't see all those coming together and giving the Mets a legitimate chance 
So I hate to be like a wet blanket on this whole, you know, idea that the Mets still have a chance to contend here, but it's kind of like an eight and eight football team that, that sneaks in and makes the playoffs. Like that's really where you're at. And maybe every once in a while you have an Eli Manning who'll get hot and that'll take you all the way and it can happen in a, a perfect Cinderella season. And so, I mean, we've seen worst wildcard teams win World Series. I mean, what was it 2006? The Cardinals, they weren't very good. They ended up beating the Mets, and then they go all the way through. Um, and I'm pretty sure they had only won, like, 83 games that year. And they come through. The Marlins in 2003, I think, were very similar. I mean, they got hot late, and they ended up riding it all the way through as a wildcard team. So, yeah, crazier things have happened. But to count on this team to, A actually hurdle all these teams and get themselves into a wild card position. And then along the way, you expect them to go up against juggernauts like the Dodgers. I mean, the Braves are beatable, but still they're a much better team than you. And then you look over at the AL, and if you actually made it through the whole gauntlet of the playoffs, you got to go up against the Yankees or the Astros, even the Red Sox, like, there's long odds here. That's why I think that the attention still has to be focused on 2020. I think you have pieces in place to win in 2020. And I think that the plan, everything has to be planned around 2020 at this point. And I think it's just that simple. And I hope that if I'm seeing it sitting here, you know, just watching the game, that Brody Van Wagen and the people that are looking at this team up close can see through, um, you know, maybe the, their own mistakes, you know, just to, to be able to turn off the notion that they built themselves a contender here because it, it, it's obvious that they didn't. You know, they did not build a World Series contender. They built a 500 baseball team that's underperformed. And like I said, this year 500 might get you into the playoffs. It's crazy. But is that really the path to a championship? Probably not. So, again, I know this is a weird episode to close out the week for Locked on Mets. Uh, you got three more games this week. The Mets did announce a starter on Saturday, and uh, to no surprise, it's going to be Walter Lockett. 